What's going on, family? And we're basically going to pick up from where we left off the last time, um, starting off with a little more in-depth um, kind of explanation of our wedding, wedding planning process and kind of leading into the first few years of, of marriage for us and things like that. Yeah, so if you did not um, go back and watch episode one, um, you will learn a lot about us and a lot about our first you know, a couple months and how we met and that little dating scene. Um, so if you have not watched it, go back and watch it. You're probably going to go back and watch it now before we get into this one. All right. So one thing I mentioned in the first episode, which I'm going to bring up again, because I think it's, it's, it can be important. Um, I know everybody's it different. Important. It is important. <laughs> I know that everybody's different. I know sometimes we get caught up into uh, traditions and the orthodox of things that sometimes we miss out on kind of little things well not even really little things um we see, tend to look at them as little things but uh, one thing i mentioned was about my involvement in the wedding process and how i know that a lot of guys just aren't a part of the wedding process whether it's because they feel like hey look that's your thing you go out pick whatever you want to pick if I need to pay for something, let me pay for it, then cool. And everybody's happy. But for me, um, I'm a little different. But uh, like I said, I <laughs> I was dreaming about marriage since I was in preschool. So this is something that was big for me and something that I was passionate about, something I'm passionate about, passionate about marriages and, and families. But um, so, of course, I had this vision of what my wedding would look like. It sounds crazy for me to say. I know Sam had her visions of what she thought her wedding would look like, but you know I definitely appreciate you know her letting my be letting my I can't even talk today letting me be a part of the wedding process. Um, not once did she you know argue against you know any suggestions. It was never a contentious time for us, and I think because we were both open to that process that, you know, God allowed it to be a kind of an even playing field and uh, open, kind of candid, open door policy for both of us to talk and open up about our suggestions with, no, I don't want that. And why are you suggesting this? And I think that's stupid. And it was none of that. I think our wedding was a perfect blend of both of our suggestions. Um, I remember <laughs> I even, I made our wedding programs. I made the um, save the date cards. Uh, I made the invitations. The but playlist. I, the playlist, <laughs> like I took pride in all those things. I didn't see it as a task. And I think that being that much a part of it, it helped me to be even more involved and even more invested in the wedding. I think that sometimes where, you know, the guys aren't as involved that once again, this isn't a, a stipulation for everybody, but I think that it helps to uh, kind of pull the guys away from that particular type of investment into the relationship, you know, where you kind of start off from the beginning of being, hey, you know what, I'll just pay for whatever you pick it. And then that kind of that can trickle down into other aspects of your life and your relationship where, you know, that guy fits into that realm of, OK, I'm a provider because I give you money and I do all these things. And then, you know, sometimes it can it can 
there's a balance, right? It can be a toxic realm where you have the wife as that's being viewed as, oh, well, you're at home, you take care of the kids, you do all the stuff there, and then I just, I'm just the financial support. Now, being a provider is so much more than just monetary. I mean, there's tons of people that, you know, provide financially, but then they're not there to be the provider when, you know, I mean, it's mutual, but specifically, I'm talking to brothers, when it's important that you're protecting her heart. You know, you're making sure that she's feeling loved, she's feeling cared for, and being attentive to her needs and listening to those needs. That's a big part of being a provider that a lot of us miss out on, you know, just being honest, because we think we're doing everything we're supposed to, and it all stems back to that inception of the relationship or that marriage of, hey, I paid for the wedding, I did my part. And the woman's like, hey, I'm comfortable. I picked these things, so I guess we're okay. Yeah, it was a critical time for me, too, because um, we planned this wedding in the middle of me going to nursing school. Um, so I definitely needed that. Um, and I didn't have to ask for it. And so that was one thing that I was truly thankful for, um, is that he cared so much about it, um, to so much pride in it. And there were times where we had a little groomzilla Overall, it was a very fun um, experience as it should have been. It shouldn't have been something that was, you know, super stressful. Um, it shouldn't have been a time where you're like figuring out who this person is just by these, you know, different tasks that you guys are set out to do. Um, so it was a really critical time that I needed that um, support um, being that I was, you know, in nursing school and that was just another way of him showing that he was providing. And to to see that she had that level of appreciation, you know, that that helped me, you know. And a lot of people talking about, oh, well, I'm, I'm not going to just stroke somebody's ego. I'm not going to. It wasn't about an ego. It was, <clears throat> we'll get into love languages a little, you know, deeper down the line. But it it was her speaking from that language of love that made me feel it even more. That made me feel appreciated. That made me feel even more like a man. And I know you're like, wedding planner, that's not really a man thing. Eh. If we're in this wedding and you're deciding to be in that marriage with your spouse or your potential spouse, then it absolutely. <laughs> I mean, if your coins are going into it, of you got to have something to say. <laughs> of course. And, you know, Sam mentioned the whole groomzilla thing. Most of that came out for me because. You know, I started posting things about, you know, hey, we're getting married, blah, blah, blah. And you'll start getting people reaching out to you that you never talked to in like years. And w one thing that's important to, to understand, the core of your wedding is it's about you and your spouse. It's not about anybody else. I don't care what anybody else has to say about it. It's what you and your spouse want. Not your parents. Not your parents, not your friends, not your best friend. None of that. Not your siblings. Because what happens is we start to put so much emphasis on what other people want. And in people pleasing that you either break the bank for no reason. You know, I saw people were spending. And, and that's why I took a, a vested interest in our, our wedding planning, too. Because I saw where people were spending anywhere. It sounds crazy, but anywhere from 1000 to $10,000 in invitations just because it got this cute little paper in there. And I'm not knocking on anybody. If that's what your creative craft and that's what God's gifted you and you got a business on it, do your thing. But 
remember this. The important thing is the what the wedding means. It's the union of the bride and the groom. Everything else is cool. You know, if your bank account can afford it and you don't care, then hey, by all means, do it. But definitely don't break the bank. Don't go into a wedding creating debt that's unnecessary because you're just trying to please the Joneses or you're just trying to do something for someone that you don't even talk to ever. We're going to use another name. We're going to use another, another name? We're going to use the Joneses? Yeah. Okay, keeping up with them them over there. <laughs> and um, so that's what I think kind of really skyrocketed me. I mean, I had already started the process of being involved in the planning, but it skyrocketed because I saw that and I'm like, I can do that myself. And it wasn't anything cheap. I might post pictures at some point in time. We still have them. But it wasn't anything cheap. Our wedding, our guest list was 200. We had about 150 people that showed up. And even with that too, jumping back to the groomzilla part, you know, where people were legit in their feelings and hurt. And I'm like, yo, I haven't talked to you since elementary school. Like, what you mean? Like, we follow each other on Facebook, but you know that don't make us friends. That don't make <laughs> that don't make us friends. You know, we we're associates or whatever, but not to the point where I should feel obligated to invite you to my wedding. And that, that goes for everybody. You know, um, even with the programs, you know, programs all nice and cute, but then most people, they get in their car, they throw them in there, and they find them two months later and they throw them in the trash. So that's literally throwing money away. What I challenge anybody to do that is planning a wedding, uh, or, you know, thinking about their honeymoon, that's where your money needs to go. If you feel like you've paid for your wedding and you got X amount of dollars of your budget left, put it to the honeymoon, you know, put that in you all, you know, or, or save it, you know, because all that's going to be important. You know, everything, it seems so easy and smooth as you get to the wedding and okay, now here, we're here, we're here at the reception and it makes it seem like it's over. Eh, no, now you're really starting to, to learn each other because you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, what's the big deal with getting married? And, you know, it's just a piece of paper. It's more than a piece of paper. It's about a commitment. Yeah, the key takeaway that, you know, we're trying to put emphasis on is making sure that you realize the important piece is what happens after the wedding. You know, your marriage starts from that day um, and what you put into it is what really matters. Um, the wedding is definitely a symbol um a sub symbolic you know time of your union um but you want to make sure that you are focused on what happens after that day um you know don't get hung up on all the materialistic things um although you know it's okay to have nice things we're not knocking that um but just don't go into this pitfall that you know you have to dig yourself out of after that day um it should definitely be more focused on what happens after that day yeah and a couple more notes on this and then we'll move on because i know i'm i'm giving you a list but you know i know several there have been several friends um that i've i've known you know these personal accounts so i'm not just creating speculation but that have spent tons of money on these weddings, you know, I think Sam's had a couple friends as well. And then a month, if that two months down the line, now you hear something about somebody trying to get a divorce or somebody cheating on somebody else. And it's like, wait a minute, you know, 
consider these things, not to say, obviously, that, you know, you're going to get a divorce a month or two down the line, but it's, think about what the focal point is, or maybe what those person's focal point was that allowed those things to take place. Because divorce, infidelity, they're up to these two people that are right here. You know, um, there's no, no excuse for infidelity. There's no excuse for divorce, but there are reasons. Um, and, you know, you have to take into account what's important. What is this an important enough reason for me to say, hey, I'm going to end this thing. And all those things, like I said, should be vetted out. You should be having those conversations before, before the ring, but even after the ring, if you're engaged. And if you're having any reservations, please bring it out because I promise you, if something's already on the table, it's not going to go away. It might get brushed under a rug for a little bit, but it's going to come back like a, a tornado <laughs> when it comes full force. And now you've got a full-fledged problem where you could have talked about it and could have worked it out. Now, one more note on the wedding piece, and then I'll move on from there. Uh, one thing to me that stood out that I never I never thought about before, kind of going to that traditional orthodox thing. Um, our The pastor that married us, um, he made it very clear that we understood that the wedding was about both of us. So much so that when we had our wedding, I actually marched in just as Sam marched in because, you know, most what we're used to, the tradition thing is, the man is standing there and he's just waiting. Well, it's like, that's one of those things that fuels, if that's your thing, then do your thing. But that's one of the things that fuels that ideology even more so about it being just about the wife. And that moment for me, I mean, it kind of meant the world. It made that wedding mean so much more to me, even though I had dreamt about it for so long. That's one element I had never thought about. But from that one transition for me, it really made me feel like, wow, like this is our wedding. Um, and that kind of solidified things for um, for us and, and gave me that passion and motivation, you know, going through the honeymoon and, you know, going through those uh, those years of marriage and even, even through now. So, um, yeah, I think that's enough about the planning phase. Um, but we wanted to kind of progress through the journey and talk about uh, our first few years of marriage. Um, so... One thing I want to say, once you get married, take time to learn your spouse more. I don't care how much you think you know about them. Take time to learn your spouse more, um, especially before and enjoy each other. You know, travel, take trips, you know, talk about your goals and aspirations and, you know, start to even fund those goals and aspirations and get those things into play. Even more so before children, the talk of children um, starts. And the talk of children, I don't mean, hey, do you want kids? I mean, because like I said in the first episode, that should have been talked about. What now I mean it's is about the win. The win. The win. <laughs> Not if. are we going to have The kids. win. <laughs> and if it's, kids is on your, you know, timeline. Of course. Of course. Because what happens is, or what can happen, you know, years down the line, people start to feel more even of the, the marriage of being a burden and blocking them from other things because now you've got kids to consider and you never got to do your goals and all these other things. So it's all, you know, fairy tale-ish. It all seems beautiful and it is beautiful. But the wedding, the marriage, children and life 
you know, you have to make sure there's balances with each of them. So put everything that you can, put all your cards on the table and, you know, everything in investing into the that marriage so that when kids do come, even if you weren't expecting to have kids at a certain time, you know, you're married, so you might not be using protection, whatever, that's your, that's your business. But my point is, if you start those things early, you start talking about your goals and aspirations, start getting those things off and running. By the time you do have children, it'll be less of a strain on you. I'm not saying it won't be, it can't be a, you know, a straining time because life is life, right? But it's how we adapt, how we're able to, um, to move through adversity and things like that, that helps our longevity. Um, so we, you know, we speak on this um, from experience and, you know, we, we say things like this can happen. Um, we say things like that because this, you know, did happen. Um, we, looking back on it, are now able to speak on the things that we should have, could have done differently. Um, and, and that's the key thing is, you know, that from our personal experience came growth. Um, so we were able to look back and kind of evaluate the situation so that now when we speak on these topics, we're saying, this is what we did. This is what we think we should have did differently or done differently. And maybe you should try doing it this way. Um, so we, you know, got married 2011, um, in May and our first baby, came December 2012. Um, so that was a year and some change. Um, take the change off basically a year um, or a little less when she was conceived. So pretty much that first year was, you know, like this of taking, you know, one year to pretty much pour into us before we started our family. Now, talking to each other we were like okay yeah we're ready for this we can you know go ahead forward um looking back is where we are realizing that how critical that time is to invest into yourself um into your marriage taking the time to spend especially when you did not spend a lot of time in the dating realm like we did um, you know, that was a short period for us, even though we were confident um, in the decisions that we were making, it was still a short period. So um, one thing that I think would have been helpful and we did not do this um, so I can speak on, you know, knowing what we did experience. I think that, you know, all that money that you save by not having a super elaborate wedding you know, you can put that into um, more therapy, more uh, marriage counseling. You know, some people go through premarital counseling. We definitely did that. Um, but again, it was still a short period of time. And I think that that would have been a good thing to have in that first year of marriage um, because you are still learning. You know, the learning doesn't stop just because I know enough to say that I'm going to marry this person. Um, but you're still learning, especially in that first year about each other. Um, and then for some people, you're still in that 
honeymoon phase and and those things that you should be learning you're really not learning because you're caught up in the emotion um so taking time to invest in yourself in that first year first two years first three years is is critical um you know he mentioned uh going on more trips going to travel if traveling is something that you guys talked about pre-marriage and that you would like to enjoy doing um then make those things happen ahead of time people get stuck on these timelines and say that i want to be married by this time i want to have kids by this time and you start doing those things to work towards that timeline um and you become more focused on crunching numbers than you are what you're building the empire that you're building um the family that you're you know growing starting all those things are pretty critical in those first couple of years of marriage. Yeah, I think you said something that is absolutely key. Um, therapy, right? So everybody hears, a lot of people hear the word therapy. Therapy and, there's like and a, Jesus. We, there you go. We own that. And coffee. <laughs> um, <laughs> Two cups. <laughs> but a lot of people hear the word therapy and there's like a negative stigma or a negative connotation with therapy. You think somebody's crazy or delusional or somebody's, you know, mentally unstable. Those all need to be dispelled because listen, therapy is, can be critically important, especially with even the preventative care. Um, a lot of times therapy is uh, something that comes about because a situation happened or you know, someone did something to someone else that was, or a traumatic event happened. But a lot of times, you know, the therapy piece, using that as a preventative care can absolutely help the longevity of your marriage, your relationship, and even your own life. And therapy doesn't even also mean, always mean going to a therapist. Therapy can mean listening to a podcast of a therapist, doctor, somebody that you Trust someone with sound guidance. I'm not talking about your homies. I ain't talking about your girlfriends that just spitting out random facts that, that they think they know that they might have heard from, uh, I don't know, Dr. Phil or someone, but it's not something they've experienced or even know for themselves. So, um, you know, investing in your marriage, your relationship, when I'm talking about the therapy piece, is even taking time, whether you're together or whether you're separate, to listen to those things that you know, um, giving tidbits about marriage and relationship because none of us knows everything there is to know about loving perfectly, about being in a relationship perfectly. And we shouldn't because none of us are supposed to be perfect. Mm -hmm. We should be always striving in that direction, but none of us is perfect. Um, so you're never going to get a perfect person, a perfect spouse, a perfect husband, a perfect wife, um, as long as you're striving for excellence. Mm -hmm. And see, you make it perfect. You make it perfect for you. There's no book, there's no person that's going to tell you to a T. If you follow these 10 steps, if you follow you know, this rule book, then your marriage will absolutely be successful. Ultimately, it's about the work that you're willing to put in. You know, like I said before, it's about how you deal with adversity. You know, and even talking about those things before they happen. You know, a lot of times we're reactive instead of proactive. Mm -hmm. Instead of, hey, babe, you know, what would we do if this happens? You know, if I were to lose my job, how will we manage? If we were to have a child before we we expected it, you know, 
What are we going to move around to, to prioritize that? You know, all those conversations are, are essential. And, and it, it may seem cumbersome. It may seem like, oh, well, I'm good. We ain't got to talk about this right now. Talk about it. <laughs> Anything that you think that you can delay for later, talk about it. Um, you know, even to the point of, hey, you know, the uncomfortable conversation. Like, how do you deal with death in the family? How do you grieve? Because knowing those things can help me help you during that time. Now, granted, no, I'm not necessarily going to be the savior because God is ultimate the savior. Jesus is the savior. But use me as the vessel. You know, I'm her husband. So if I don't know how she deals with certain things, then I can't expect God to just snap his fingers and then just drop it into my head. Like, I need to know these things. You know, faith without works is dead. I trust God all day, but I still got to put forth the effort of learning, you know, who this woman is that he's blessed me with. Um, and, and that's what all that investment means. So those first few years, absolutely critical. You know, our our princess, we're definitely glad that we have her and glad that God gave her to us when he did. You know, God's not going to put more on you than you can bear. So he absolutely knew that we could handle it. But what we were saying was, you know, we could have spent more time. And I don't think we didn't really have this where couples were talking to us about these things. Um, you know, somebody might just generalize, hey, slow down, you know, make sure, you know, you don't have no kid right now and things like that. And then the other side, you got people, oh, when are you having a baby? When are you doing this? When are you doing that? Chill. <laughs> don't let anybody push you or slow you Mind down. Mind your business. Mind your business. <clears throat> don't let nobody push you or slow you down when it comes to your marriage or relationship. It's about you too. And that made me think about something else that's important. Anytime I talk to, to couples, like if I'm at somebody's wedding, I always tell them, listen, I know you've heard everything that everybody else has to say. I'm going to give you one piece of advice. Keep your marriage, your marriage. You know, if something happens in your marriage, that doesn't mean you can't talk to a therapist about it. doesn't mean you can't seek to medicate, not put a Band-Aid on, but medicate, treat, cure, whatever situation is going on in your marriage. But once you start talking to your, you know, your girlfriends, talking to your homies, even talking to your parents, sometimes if they don't have your best interest in mind and telling them just the things that your spouse is doing, oh, she don't do this, she don't do that. then that's when all the things are coming. Oh, where is she don't do that? Psh, man, I ain't even married. My, my girl do this. <laughs> and that's where all these, you know, these uh, fantasies and things start to be introduced into your mind. You're like, well, dang, well, maybe she really don't love me because she's not doing this. Or maybe he don't love me because he don't treat me like, you know, like my homegirl. And then all these false realities. And then you start looking at social media and start seeing how other people are treated. And you're like, wait a minute. Am I the only person that's being left out? So keep your marriage, the things that happen inside your marriage. Because when you make that decision to say, hey, I'm moving forward from this thing. Guess what? Those other people aren't moving forward from it. Mm -hmm. And you forgave. And they're like, well, you remember when he did that? And even though you forgave him, it's like, well, dang, he did. Mm. And even introducing a slight of bit of doubt <laughs> when you move forward you started to trust again you started to love again you started to forgive again and all those things are important when adversity does happen so said a lot, yeah i said a lot and you know what it, it comes down to the core and i mentioned in you know the first episode that you know the word of god is something that we stand on you know and i'm not here to push my faith my beliefs on anybody but absolutely, you need to find some core. You know, you need to find what your spirituality looks like. But for us, 
Our definition of love is 1 Corinthians 13. I know everybody hears about it. You know, I got my favorite Bible here. Shout out Tony Evans. <laughs> good book. Good book, good book. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Love is patient, love is kind. Love does not envy. It is not boastful. It is not arrogant. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not irritable and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Now, when some people hear that, like, oh, you know, that's that's all cute. And this whole long list of things. Well, that long list of things, if you summarize it, is basically telling you that love ultimately is a choice. Because all these things you're choosing not to do. I'm choosing to not be rude to you. I'm choosing to not be disrespectful to you. I'm choosing to not talk down to you when you've done something that made me upset. I'm choosing to talk to you when we're going through something. I'm choosing to not run out the door and run away from our problems. I'm choosing to be invested in this marriage. I'm choosing to say, hey, I'm not feeling how this situation transpired or how this situation is going. Let's work this out because I feel like I'm about to walk out the door. Not I'm making the decision to walk out the door because of your actions, but I'm never talking to you about it, leaving you in a place where you feel isolated. Love is a choice, all right? There are emotions that come behind that choice, but in choosing to love, you know, like I mentioned about the love at first sight, you can absolutely have the emotion of love what you feel to be love, sometimes that love is actually lust and it's that lust that expires and that's why you feel like you're not in love anymore because it was never love to begin with because you are making, making a conscious effort and making an intentional decision to say, guess what? I am here for the long haul. And, you know, there are certain things you hear about, certain outs, you know, infidelity, in which case you still have to have that conversation when those things happen and say, hey, listen, I, I don't feel that I can trust you anymore. I don't want to be married. You talk those things out. You go to counseling. You put in your due diligence to make sure that, hey, I absolutely do not want to do this thing before making any rash decision. But for our beliefs and what we're standing on in our core, we're not just running for any reason. We're not just running because, oh, you made me mad this day or I specifically told you to do A, B, and C and you didn't do any of them, or you only did A and didn't do the rest of them. No, one thing that I love about this woman, that we started doing early, you know, even when, before we were engaged, um, but even now, if we have a disagreement about something, and I promise you, we have some disagreements, but often, often. <laughs> but seriously. And that just goes to show, um, you know, we we say that to be to be real because a lot of people, even in the very beginning, um, thought that our relationship was just this perfect little shaped heart um, that didn't have any cracks or blemishes in it. Um, there was a lot of you know people on the outside looking in, um, and then it also came because of what we displayed, you know, we never showed people the true colors of what could be going on behind closed doors. Um, 
and and it's supposed to be that way you know for the most part like you're not supposed to be out there exposing all your business um but it also gave people kind of like this false hope thinking that um everything was just so perfect so when things did go down with us everybody was just like on the floor like what in the world y'all had this perfect thing going on this perfect marriage um so that just goes to show that you know we are real we are human um nothing again is perfect and these are things that we definitely went through um you know we talk about communication a lot but that's what we learned after our divorce how critical it is yes we heard that yes we knew it was important um but did we do it no we didn't which you know led to where we what we experienced um but you know we joke and say yeah we have disagreements but we do and and you do too and we know that you do so um never you know try to be like oh we don't go through that yes you do you just need to be honest with yourself that you're going through that um and then talk about it. Mm -hmm. And that's the important thing. Um, I talked about one thing that I love about her is, I mean, we can absolutely have an all out few, few, and I ain't talking about no domestic violence. So please don't report me. No, please not like that. I ain't talking about that. <laughs> but I mean, just verbally stop it. <laughs> Where we have the, I mean, heated, just call it what it is. I ain't trying to sugarcoat it. Just arguments and <laughs> verbal fights. But the important thing is, is I love, you know, her willingness to to talk about those things afterwards. You know, um, we give each other our space and our time. You know, if I did something that triggered her, then, you know, she'll go to her space. I'll go to my space. And then when she comes back to me, it's I don't think I've ever witnessed a case where she come back and start, you know, pointing her finger and came back with that same, you know, intensity that she had in, in the in the disagreement. You know, it's always from a place of, hey, let, you know, I, I want to talk about this. But see, with communicating, you feel like you're getting through to somebody because, you know, you're lashing out or you're putting all this rage behind it or you're putting some probably select choice French words behind it. But nobody hearing you at that point. You know, that wall absolutely comes up and everything you're saying is going in one ear after the next. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, you have to sugarcoat things and, well, baby, you know, when you said those things, I didn't like it because honestly, you're putting up a, a wall on the opposite spectrum of things because I know it's not genuine. It's not sincere. Like, just be real with me. You know, uh, let's talk about this. Let's be real about this. Let's be adults. You know, let's not think that, oh, the fairy tale is dead or the flame is gone just because we had a disagreement or argument. If anything, that means you really do love each other, because guess what? If I'm feeling some type of way and I'm not going to talk to you about it. I'm not loving you because I'm not I'm not addressing the problem. I'm not bringing it to your attention so that you can even know that I'm feeling a certain type of way so that we can talk about it so that I can realize, hey, well, maybe I was overreacting a little bit or so maybe she can realize, oh, well, that makes sense. I can see it from your point of view, because guess what? We're married. We're one, but we're still two individuals. We have two different personalities. We have two different logics. You know, Sam and I talk about all the time. Even if it's as simple as our daughter's homework, you know, she'll ask me about a question. What do you think about this? I'm looking. I think it's A, B, and C. She's like, yeah, I don't see it that way. But it doesn't mean we're going to fall out about it. But we have different perspectives and we're supposed to respect each other's different perspectives. 
respect each other's individuality, which brings me to my next point. Make sure that you have your individuality in your marriage. Um, that doesn't mean, you know, you're going out hanging at the club with your boys every weekend or, you know, you're doing whatever the ladies do with your girls, <laughs> every, you know, every day or whatever. But make sure you make that time. Make sure you keep, you know, your circle involved. Make sure you keep your friends involved. Those are important because you don't want to be in, in a point where you feel like you're in solitude in your own home because you haven't voiced to your spouse, hey, you know, I want to go kick it with my boys or hey, I want to go see my ladies. And now you feel like you're in this prison that you've created for yourself because you haven't expressed that desire. And some, on the opposite, and some people feel like, oh, well, I shouldn't have to tell them. I ain't got to tell them nothing. Yeah, you're wrong. And <laughs> that's what's going on. And you up on divorce court or downtown or whatever <laughs> because you feel like, once again, I'm not choosing to love because I'm not, it's not that you're my parent, but because I love you, hey, babe, I'm being considerate. Hey, it's, babe. Okay. It's, it's just out of respect. Yeah. Um, respect is, you know, another big one. Um, and most, that's what the man seeks is, um, you know, respect. And just out of respect for each other, um, most of the time, if you if they can acknowledge or see that you are doing things out of respect, things will go a lot smoother. You know, you won't have unnecessary arguments um, because you're d choosing respect over mm -hmm. your own personal feelings. Yep, absolutely. Um. <laughs> One other thing, you know, just to kind of go backwards a little bit um, about the communication piece is acknowledging it, you know, if something happened between you guys, making sure that you acknowledge it because when you don't acknowledge it and you just sweep it under the rug, put it in this little box, what happens is every time that box is winding and winding and winding and winding and then an explosion happens or the jack in the box pops out. Um, and who knows where that explosion, you know, will lead to, what it will lead to, the damage that it will cause. Um, just by not acknowledging those little things as they come along, um, is, you know, it's important. Absolutely. Cause I promise you, like you said, you box some things up, that weasel going to pop. It ain't a question of if it's going to happen. <laughs> you gonna be like this. <laughs> pick all the pieces up at one time. You're going to leave a fragment somewhere that you forgot about. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I know we talked about uh, a lot today but um, you know these things are definitely important and you know we're trying to help someone out there you know not get to the point that we um, we eventually got to and you know if you're thinking about it you're considering it or you know it shouldn't it shouldn't even be an option on the table you know um, in the next coming episodes you know we'll get a little more real we'll start to talk about some of the adversity um, some people didn't even know at all like Sam mentioned, you know, on one aspect, we had people that were absolutely just floored when they found out. We got some people that, you know, even when Sam and I got remarried, they're like, I didn't even know. Like, what are you talking about? Because neither one of us made a decision to slander each other, you know, or broadcast anything, especially on our social media. Um, so uh, definitely you got to make sure you pay attention to the next coming episodes or you're not going to catch any of this. You know, this, this is the good stuff now. It's the real stuff. Bring your tissue. Yeah, bring your tissue. We can't tissue. talk about it without, you know, 
little tear shed. Yeah, and so little, some of y'all. It, it's going to get real next episode. Yeah. And um, speaking of the next episode, I want to bring up something that's important. Um, our church is actually participating in a, a week-long fast of social media. So um, we're going to record our video. Um, I'll post it using my kind of behind-the-scenes apps, but I won't be involved in social media. So the only way that you're going to be able to know that we posted it when we posted it is to do what, babe? Subscribe. Click on that bell. My kids always run around this house talking about <laughs> like, comment, share, subscribe. Now I get it. Yep. Click on that subscribe button so that you will not miss it. Um, you know, he mentioned we will not be on social media, so we won't be giving you these little reminders. Um, you know, it will come out on Friday, but we will not be like, hey guys, go check out our video. None of that. So make sure that you subscribe so that you just know. Um, we'll be looking forward to talking to you after our fast is over, um, responding to all of your comments, emails. Um, don't forget thosegreers at gmail.com. We take all questions, comments, concerns. Um, if you don't feel, you know, okay with putting your question or concern or just your comment, um, even your prayer request, if you don't feel comfortable putting it in the comment section, um, you can definitely email us at thosegreers at gmail.com. Um, and we'll respond, you know, as early as we possibly can. Yep, and I just wanted to mention, um, I talk about it all the time, one of my passions is motivation and inspiring. So if you feel like you want a, a little more of something or something to kind of help you go on through the day, I um, want to direct you to my motivation um, inspiration page, Crown Loyal Inspiration. That's Crown with a K, Loyal Inspirations. Um, you can find it there on Instagram. I'll post a link and I'll probably put, put it in the description so you can see it. Uh, not about broadcasting my page at all. Um, it's everything to God's glory, honestly. Um, so as he gives me things, insight, as I see different things that I think someone can benefit from, sometimes there are things that I can benefit from, but I'll post them there. I'll post um, daily. I try to post every day to give inspiration to somebody, you know, put little tidbits that someone could benefit from. So um, definitely check that out. Uh, you know, if you're wanting us to respond to your comment or something, you know, you just want some feedback, interaction, you can go there for that. Um, I will be uh, posting through my business, uh, my business suite to Facebook and Instagram, but I won't be interacting as I won't be on social media. But um, I didn't want to disconnect the world from what God has given me as a gift, but still respect the, the fast that we've agreed to be upon. So um, definitely thank you all for being a part of this journey. Thank you for watching this episode. And, you know, I hope that this is um, giving some insight to someone somewhere and hopefully for preventing someone from making those decisions that we, we made in, in our relationship. But, um, so yeah, God bless you. Thank you. And peace out.